preseason football does matter and winning in the preseason matters. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Darren Urban joins me. We look back at the preseason opener, the Cardinals' comeback victory over the Denver Broncos. And yeah, while preseason games don't count, don't tell that to the coaches and players. Their reactions to all the late game heroics were regular season ready. What stood out? Who shined? All straight ahead. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 662, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Because he and I did not spend enough time together before the game on Friday, I thought it was only fitting that we brought Darren on Monday post-Cardinals Denver Broncos for, okay, not 90 minutes worth of post-game reaction, but at least your initial reactions from what we saw on Friday because we had 90 minutes to talk about the game beforehand. I'm surprised you have any voice left, Craig, with all the 72 <laughs> hours of radio you did. Um, my reactions are, my, my overall reaction is that I, I, was, I was impressed with the overall vibe the team gave off in terms of execution, in terms of operation, um, they only had four penalties. They never once came close to having an issue with getting a playoff. Um, you know, they they did some nice things. They they didn't. They did some nice things at the end to come back and win. It's a preseason game. It's all backups. I get it. But there is something there about uh, the emotion of a win, whether or not it counts in the standings or not. There's um, there was the work from Clayton Toon. Did some good things. Didn't did some other not so good things, but. It was something. Um, I, I liked. I liked how they kind of run the offense and and the running game that they they stuck with. And the, and of course, the defense against first team Russell Wilson with the first team Cardinals defense was better than anybody expected. What you said about winning the game and the emotion that was seen on the sideline. You were in the locker room. I was not. I was upstairs waiting for Cardinal talk. But I do think that needs to be talked a little bit more about because. What have we heard from JG since day one? Winning behavior, winning culture, and I think there was somewhat of a payoff on Friday, albeit a preseason game, but what has been told to these players, what has been coached to these players, they went out, executed, and there was a positive benefit for that, and I think we're going to need to see that throughout this course of this season, whether it manifests itself into a win versus a loss, but to show that this team is on the right track. I, I agree. Uh, even if uh, DiMarcado doesn't cross the goal line on that last two-point conversion and you lose by a point or whatever, the, the David Blau last drive, I mean, that's that's something that, you know, you, you like to see. I mean, from, from the end of the bench and, and staying engaged and, and the reaction from the players, um, and not only on the sideline, but we could hear it through the walls in the, in the post-game press conference room, uh, the celebration and and again it wasn't like a celebration like they won the Super Bowl or anything but um, I, I think it means something anytime you start building a team or an organization you need like you said you need those positive steps along the way and 
the only positive step they could have gotten, or there was there were multiple positive steps they could have gotten out of the game, but the biggest one, of course, is a W on the scoreboard, even if it doesn't count, because that's all you have in front of you at that moment. I mean, you're not playing a game that counts until September 10th, so you're going to take the vic- the little victories, especially if they're literally victories, uh, where you can get them. And Gannon has been very clear about any time they step foot on that football field, they want to win. And I think that's just the mindset that coaches and players have. But you saw the reaction from the players that were not participating. Kyler Murray, James Conner, spectators. But they were just as happy for the win, I think. But maybe more so that final drive, that two-point conversion. For those players on the field, third, four-string guys that perhaps may or may not be in a Cardinals uniform come September 10th. But the joy on Kyler's face. Connor's face because they were happy for their teammates where this goes is the most important thing I mean obviously you've got to get all your players healthy uh Kyler Murray among them and you you've got to see what this team is going to do against first string players the whole game um but again it just feels so different than it was before you just hope it continues to carry on and that's going to be the goal, and it's going to be interesting this week. You you completely shift up when and where you practice. Um, their practices are going to be earlier in the morning because they're going to be outside in the heat. And, you know, can you keep up that level of enthusiasm when when you're when you're outside in the heat all, the, all and at the end of the week you get Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs. Um, and I'm I don't know how much Patrick Mahomes is going to play. I'm guessing he is going to play. And uh, can your first-team defense look as good against him as it did against Russell Wilson? Mahomes played one series in their preseason opener. Colt McCoy played one series. Whether either play more than that coming up this weekend on Saturday. But let's talk about the quarterback play because Colt did everything he needed to do outside of putting points on the board. He was 4 of 4 during his nine snaps, much of those under center. And there was a difference between Colt McCoy at quarterback and Clayton Toon as far as what it looked like before the snap. Toon, for the most part, operated out of the shotgun. And it goes back to, one, what is he comfortable doing? And then what has Drew Petzing said about how he's going to tailor the offense to whomever is the quarterback? They have an idea, they have a scheme, but then they'll tweak it. And it was tweaked to a large degree to make sure Toon was comfortable in his preseason debut fascinating is the word that comes to mind in terms of what that means for Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler Murray is a guy who does work better out of the shotgun. Does that mean he'll get the Clayton Toon kind of emphasis or will he get more Colt McCoy or how will exactly that work? Will Clayton Toon start working more under center as we go forward? I, You know, again, one of the cool things about this is when you've got a new coaching staff, you're trying to figure out all the new stuff. And that's why preseason does become a little bit more interesting for this team this year than maybe it will be next year or the year after because it is all new. And you are trying to uh, decipher how it's going to go. And you are trying to figure out what Nick Rollis is going to call on defense. And you are trying to figure out how Drew Petzing is going to operate that offense in terms of you know how many tight ends you have out there and, and whether you're under center or not or all that stuff. And um, so it, the storylines won't stop because you're trying to get an, an idea of what's to come. And, and that makes this next couple weeks 
more interesting than perhaps it normally would be. Clayton didn't do anything to change, at least in my opinion, the pecking order as far as the quarterback one and two. And I don't even know if he's going to be able to, but there is that groundswell, if you will, as I mentioned on Cardinal Talk. The backup quarterback is always the most popular player on the team, but there is a number of fans that want to see what Clayton can do. I just think you're going to see it Saturday against the Chiefs, the following Saturday in Minnesota, and then I'm not sure exactly when you'll see it again. Oh, I think that's a fair question. Uh, I don't know when you would see Tune again either. Um, I still think the same thing as you do. I think Colt McCoy is is aiming to end up being the starter. Now, the only thing that could derail that to me at this point is probably injury and or, you know, something happening with Colt's arm situation, which he's had to deal with some things on and off. Um, so we'll we'll find out what happens. I, I, I personally would like in one of the next two games to see Colt McCoy run something where you're throwing some more intermediate or deep passes and kind of see how that would work out with him. Um, so I'd be curious about that. I mean, at least Clayton Toon got a couple of shots off. I don't think he completed any of them really, but we'll see where that goes. Um, but again, this is something we're going to continue to talk about the probably the balance of the preseason, unless Jonathan Gannon comes out and says, no, 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 this guy is my starting quarterback, which I do not expect to happen. And and quite frankly, I'm not even 100% sure Jonathan Gannon will do that before we play Washington uh, because that seems like the kind of thing he'd keep in his hip pocket completely. But we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be whomever we see on the field to start the game, and then you ask afterwards, okay, well, that's our starters for this week. Yeah. And then yeah. ask about next week. No, you'll see what our starting lineup looks like next week. Yeah. I, I there's a definite possibility that that's that's the road we go down. Although it is, we talked so well, we haven't because I haven't been on cover two with you, Craig. But we did talk yes. about this uh, in the pregame. Like the depth chart played out pretty accurately, relatively speaking. Antonio Hamilton did not start and was not in there early, but the defensive line was what it was said it was going to be, and uh, I think the linebackers were too. I'm not other than the fact that obviously Kaiser yeah. White didn't play, and and there were guys that didn't play that obviously were going to jack up how that went there were a number of players who we did not see on the field we didn't see Jeff Driscoll and I'm not sure the reason why I mean I was not part of Gannon's post-game presser but I didn't did not see come any... up interesting okay enough. so that so that's that question that we should uh we should ask JG that because that's because then you just had basically three quarterbacks on and, and maybe that's Friday. what it was maybe it, you knew you were going to play Clayton Toon so much there's no reason to dress four quarterbacks when you know you're not going to dress four or play four quarterbacks. And I like the fact that Toon was able to walk off that field feeling good about himself. Back-to-back scoring drives. Did he need to keep going? I don't think so, especially if you wanted to see what David Blau was able to do. And again, operating that two-minute. In fact, less than two minutes. A minute 30 to go, two timeouts, and he marches the team down 75 yards over 10 plays and worked the two-minute drill to perfection. And listening to Drew Stanton on the radio broadcast, he, one, is a big fan of David Blau. But you saw the veteran leadership of a quarterback who's been in the league, doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt, but a couple with the Cardinals last season. And you wonder, okay, without Kyler Murray, not knowing when he is going to be back, do you keep three quarterbacks? Because you can have that emergency quarterback this season, but they have to be on the roster. I 
personally, I, I think they're in a position where if Clayton Toon is one of your quarterbacks, if he's your backup quarterback, I'm absolutely keeping a, a third quarterback. Um, and you're, you're probably going to keep three quarterbacks when Kyler comes back because you're assuming you're going to keep Colt and you're going to have Clayton Toon. That's a tough road to hoe for Blau or Driscoll, whoever ends up being the, the third QB right now. But um, I, I do think that makes a lot of sense because if something happens to Colt McCoy, are you automatically starting Clayton Toon even if he's your second-string quarterback? Or if you have to go into a couple of games with no Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray still not back yet, do you want to start Clayton Toon, or would you think about putting in David Blau or Jeff Driscoll? Something to pay attention to and also pay attention to this week, the running back rotation. As I mentioned, James Conner did not play. We did not see Keonta Ingram. He's been banged up a couple times during training camp on and off, and then Corey Clement gets banged up, doesn't return, and you're left with two running backs for basically, what was it, more than a half. Yeah. And you would think at this point, before Saturday, my guess, this team has to strongly look at a running back just to fill that room depth-wise. I don't Forget the regular season, just get through these final two preseason games. Well, in some ways, that's what Marlon Mack was yeah. in some way, and, and he gets hurt right away. And yeah, I... The running back position's been interesting because guys can't can't stay tight end and running back. Boom, just nobody can is out there, and, and um, I I would expect them to add somebody. Je, uh, Jonathan Gannon said after the game that he did not th- he, he kind of brushed off like the Clement thing, like he didn't it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but you don't know that even that even if it's a week or two, like you said, you got to have somebody to take those carries. On the tight end front, there is good news because Zach Ertz is coming off PUP really soon, and that's good because Trey McBride did not play yeah. Friday night. Noah Tongiai did not play. And if this offense wants to run two, three tight ends and do it more than just two or three times, you're going to need a healthy tight end. And to get Ertz back on that field, now I don't know how much we'll see him in the preseason. I'm guessing not at all. But just to have somebody – in that tight end room, so you don't have to have Jeff Driscoll line up as we saw at State Farm Stadium in a three-point stance. Look, Jeff Driscoll spent <laughs> some time officially as a tight end on the Houston. Maybe that's Texans how you roster. get a fourth quarterback on the roster. Well, you never know. I mean, he's either. built like a tight end. He is. Um, yeah, the tight end thing has been interesting. Getting Ertz back will be huge, and if if he can be back for Week One. Um, that just that changes so much for especially with Trey McBride. The McBride thing has been really weird. Like we don't know exactly what it's been. He's been in uniform many many days, but he doesn't hardly do anything. Like what exactly is it? And can you trust him to be a main guy? And and you know Noah Tongai was having a really good camp, and now he's got whatever he's got, and it's like nicks, bruises, nicks and bruises. Bumps. Things happen in camp. <laughs> And it's just like a little bit more specific information, though I guess we're probably going to have to wait until the regular season when you get that injury report and they have to designate what is wrong with said player. Yes, that's your favorite time of year, Craig, an injury report. Get to know what's going on as opposed to this, uh, you know, well, they're out there. If they're out there, it doesn't really matter. Uh, one more point <laughs> on the offense, on the offense, the offensive line, because it's hard to judge a little bit line of scrimmage in the while you're watching it live. But just since Friday, Yelda Froholt, 
as they say, has gone viral with a couple of different plays. One, taking down Zach Allen, and then two, what was it, five or ten yards downfield, leveling a cornerback to open up more room for the ball carrier. I was not quite sure if Froholt was going to be the week one starting center. But I like what I saw Friday, and right now he is holding off John Gaines, and Pet Fline was the third tight end that we saw on Friday night. It feels like Froholt is really starting to get a grip on that, and that's cool. I mean, it's nice to highlight a couple of plays. Um, you know, obviously the one in, in space on the on the screenplay, that's more about his athleticism and want to of wanting getting out there because it obviously isn't all that impressive to see a 300-pound guy crush a 190-pound cornerback. I would hope that would happen, but – his athleticism to get out there and his want to to get out there, I thought was really impressive. Um, the 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 throwdown of Zach Allen is is Brandon Thorne, the the guy who tweeted out the plays originally was talking about you you have to make guys pay when they jump to knock down balls, and that's what happened. It wasn't just that Froholt like was so much stronger than Zach Allen. Zach Allen was trying to jump in the air, knock down a pass, and Froholt took advantage and then got him off balance and took him down, and that's what you should do. And I like Froholt as a person. I think he's he's uh, kind of quirky and and he'd be a great guy to talk to. And I I hope he does well in this chance. And and obviously if he can fill that spot when nobody was expecting it, uh, that would be a big deal. It was also very interesting to me, Craig, to see that it was Kelvin Beecham who started at at uh, tackle uh, when D J Humphreys didn't start at, at left tackle um, over Josh Jones. So it kind of, I think it kind of tells you where Beach is right now in terms of the the pecking order. He's not going to be a starter, no. But the swing tackle, yes, is maybe now all of a sudden that depth chart. Are you going to keep four tackles or are you just going to keep three? And if your fourth is Josh Jones, what do you do with him? But we have seen during training camp whether it was Beachum on the right side because that's where he started initially in camp, and then they would flip. You know, a couple of different practices, but perhaps like a, like a swing tackle would. Correct? Yeah, and then perhaps Friday is an indication that all right, without anyone saying because no one's going to say it on this coaching staff that there is a pecking order that Beecham right now has that third tackle spot. Now, what do you do with Josh Jones if he's unable to get ahead of Beecham in that rotation? Yeah, I mean. There's still some big roster decisions to make at some point. And, and as a reminder to everybody, there is only one cut this year. It's at the, at the end of the preseason. It's the Tuesday after the final preseason game. So there's going to be a whole mess of players out there. And, and what, what the Cardinals do and who they decide to, to move on from, who might they actually try, maybe perhaps trade if they have extra somewhere. And I still believe there's a chance that Monty Awesomefort could be active in the waiver wire market, which obviously if you're active in the waiver wire market, every guy you pick up, you got to cut somebody. So it's going to be a fascinating couple of days there when all that goes down. If you're looking at positions where you're looking for an upgrade, I would thought would have thought that defensive line would have been one of those areas, but the defensive line looked very, very good. Jonathan Gannon post game. I was reading his comments, quote, I thought the D-line played with violence, and they looked mean out there, end quote. And to your point about the depth chart, it was basically those three guys that were on the depth chart, Lucky Fotu, LJ Collier, and uh, Jonathan Ledbetter. Those are your main three defensive linemen. And Rashard Lawrence, 
third string playing deep into the fourth quarter is a little concerning if I'm Rashard Lawrence. You know, again, new coaching staff. We don't know what everybody's going to think about every one of these players, and, and, and you've got to earn your way. And there's still two games to go, and things could happen. Um, but I've said all along, I thought the defensive line was really interesting because I could see – I could see camp and preseason going. You could you could make the team for any of them, or you could not make the team for any of them. I mean, literally, I think it was it it was that close coming in. So it's there there was no really I don't I don't believe anybody set in stone. And so, but but the line, the the edge guys, Dennis Gardeck and even Zayvon Collins, uh, I thought held up really well. And that's something you you need to see again preseason. They've got to do it in regular season games, but it's certainly better than the alternative. Didn't see a lot of Gardeck or Collins, only seven snaps apiece. But when they were on the field, obviously Gardeck with the sack, but they were pushing the offensive linemen back yeah. on their heels. And Russell Wilson was moving, not because he was moving to find someone open as designed. He was moving because he was scared for his life. Uh, I Again, and they hit him a few times. Jesse Lakata got a nice hit on on Russell Wilson after really released the ball one time. It's funny you mentioned Gardick only getting seven snaps because that makes sense. There was probably two series. Um, but it felt like I saw more of him. He was that active, you know. It's And that's one of those players that because we have not seen a whole heck of a lot of him production-wise the last several years or two seasons, that you wondered, okay, how long of a leash does Gardick have with a brand-new coaching staff? But he and Zayvon Collins have been the first team outside linebackers since day one, and nothing has changed. And then when you do produce a sack on Friday, and Zayvon is effective as a pass rusher, it wouldn't be maybe ideal because you would think Cameron Thomas, MyJ Sanders, B.J. Ojolari. Of course, two of those three did not suit up on Friday. All we saw was Cameron Thomas. Who looked good, too. Yes, got a sack. So that that's encouraging because I would think right now he would be he's at least your most experienced edge rusher, but right now might be your third as far as that rotation is concerned. Uh, again, we're so early in the process and we will see what happens, but you you have to be you have to be pleasantly surprised and pleased with kind of where they are out of the gate. And and maybe it won't be as hard a road to hoe as as people might thought. Two sacks, eight quarterback hits, and then you look at the passes defensed. There were six of them. We'll get to the secondary here in a moment. But four of the six passes defensed were by that front seven. And we talked earlier about Zach Allen trying to get a hand on a ball and getting knocked down by Froholt. Well, the flip side is if you don't get knocked down, you can affect the passing lanes or knock down a ball. And Gannon postgame was that's something that we practice every single day if you feel like that ball is going to be thrown get your hands up because you have no idea it's the only thing you can do defensively if you're not going to get all the way back to the quarterback is is affected if you're if you're a lineman and they made some there was one uh pass knockdown i think by victor dimakeji that if he doesn't knock it down the back is wide open and is going for a while i i can't i think it was dimakeji but i don't remember who it was but um it was a nice play, and, and all of them turned out to be nice plays. And, uh, again, all I can think of, and it's got to be more big picture right now because, in the end, it doesn't count, but 
a lot of people had questions about what that group was going to do. And that was a nice opening salvo from them. The by the way, that's a lovely vocabulary word. Thank I, you very I like much. that. And all that matters is that you can spell it. Doesn't matter if you can pronounce it, which you pronounce it very well. But Thank that you. is a nice vocabulary word here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. The other two passes defense, Antonio Hamilton and Keetrell Clark, the latter of whom continues to impress me as a sixth round draft pick. I had zero expectations. Your day three pick, dare I say, a flyer. Let's see what he can do. Well, one, he's a Good guy, loves the camera, in front of or behind, yeah, that's true. as we've seen on azcardinals.com. So you root for him, but then it's, again, you did it in training camp against your own players. Can you do it, as they say, when the lights come on and against a different colored uniform? And Keytrail did. He, he, I was I was very impressed. I was too. And, and they might have. And, you know, with the Seahawks, uh, with uh, – Tarek Wooten last year, getting him in the I think the fifth round. Uh, you can find a DB yep. in the later rounds if you if you hit on the right guy, and it would be awesome for this team if Keytrail Clark turned out to be what they're really looking for. Because I I've liked what he's done in camp. He's gotten a chance to get some first team reps. He made a couple plays against the Broncos, and we'll see how much more he can continue to push. He doesn't have the size. But what he makes up for is his speed and his athleticism. That one, or the pass breakup that he did have, he almost had a pick, but it was a diving attempt at the ball. And you have great closing speed. Then all of a sudden, okay, maybe you allow the catch, but then there's no yards after the catch. It's a six-yard gain or an eight-yard gain. It's not catch, spin, and all of a sudden it's 15, 20, 25 yards downfield. That's that's basic defense at this point. And, and I would expect nothing less from a JG coach team. He's a defensive backs coach uh, at heart. He used to play safety. I would expect that the secondary guys are going to be more buttoned up than anybody because he's probably going to be watching them closer than anybody else. Not that he isn't watching everybody else, but, I mean, come on. Well, there's also that kinship between head coach and player because they both went to louisville yeah okay so that i mean you keep wanting to bring up this college stuff i haven't surprised you haven't brought up garrett williams just because he's still not available to participate yet again from that great university in upstate new york it's just unfortunate that we're not talking about any arizona state sun devils <laughs> here on cardinals cover two unless someone gets signed no kyle uh solely solely okay we can talk about him. <laughs> we can talk about him. He's playing. <laughs> he is. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the practice squad. Maybe. I'd like to see that. I'm sure, he would too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's not out and looking for work somewhere else. Antonio Hamilton. He had the other pass defense. Also had an interception. But it's the pass interference that. I know things like that are going to happen, but you have to know where you are because it seemed like he might have lost yeah. either where he was or where the wide receiver was, and then late-game situation. That that was a 20-plus yard penalty that allowed the Broncos to get within scoring range, and obviously we found out post-game, according to David Blau, the Cardinals' defense let the Broncos score. But here's the thing. If he doesn't commit that penalty and they grind out more time and then kick a field goal in the last play of the game, it's possible that that actually gave the Cardinals a better chance, that penalty. I know that's not what he was trying to do, no. and you're right, he did look a little lost on that play, got it kind of turned around and then it got put in a tough position. But he also had a pick and a, and a 
past breakup, and and it, it, I still think he's kind of lying in the weeds in terms of getting a bunch of playing time if something doesn't happen with Matthew or Clark. Although, as we mentioned, Keetra Clark looked pretty good. David Blau post game about that allowing the Broncos to score. It's the only way to have a chance. End quote. I'm curious. Regular season, we get a chance to hear from Nick Rollis this week. Regular season, or was it just because preseason? And at that point, let's see what the offense can do with a minute 30 left on the clock in two minutes. I mean, defensive players, I walked out of the stadium with Kyle Vandenbosch on Cardinal Talk, and that doesn't sit well with a lot of defenders as far as, oh, the best way we can win is allow them to score. Even though it might be true, defenders don't like to hear it. Yeah, well, I would say... I still think it's an option in the regular season. I guess you'd have to consider all things at that point. Like, do you have a better chance of creating a turnover, which basically at that point is all it is because it's a chip shot field goal that you're not going to miss, you figure. Um, I get that they don't want it, but my argument to a defender in that situation would be you let them drive the length of the field to put them in that position. If you would have stopped them when you should have, we wouldn't be in this situation have to make this decision what's another four or five yards exactly i mean i know you don't want to get off the points but in this case it totally worked cardinals march downfield get the touchdown two-point conversion they win 18 17 again a lot of good things before we close up shop here though not negatives but i guess improvements that you would hope to see or maybe not even just improvement but now you just got to maintain consistency especially as far as penalties there was just the one pre-snap and that was illegal formation but that was with I think it was one of the undrafted free agents and that's going to happen you're not quite sure rules and everything but the operations yeah it gets chaotic on that sideline but it did not appear to be chaotic at any point in the game no it didn't and like I said at the top like the the operations look good the 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 penalties were relatively inconsequential other than the pass yeah. interference which obviously means means something you can't have that but I mean this is a team that had been penalized heavily over the past couple of years and it was even worse in preseason games and and they they're they've got their stuff together well the red and white practice how many times mm-hmm. did we see laundry on the field because it just wasn't and it's typically has been the offense false start delay game jumping off I mean that is what drives coaches crazy. And I get you're going to get called for holding. There was a face mask penalty. There are going to be pass interference. But I can't stand the pre-snap penalties where all of a sudden it's first and 10, then becomes first and 15, or it's third and two, and then all of a sudden it's third and 12. And you're like, okay, well, now, now what are we supposed to be? Because now you just told the defense, well, we can't run the ball here. We're going to throw the ball. I mean, all, all true. And it's it's just you just don't want to get over your skis with pluses or minuses, quite frankly, at this point. But it, if you had to draw up a first game for the team as constructed right now, especially without Kyler Murray and, and so many of the key guys not playing, I, I don't know if it could have gotten much better for Jonathan Gannon. It looked good. It sounded 
good, not only on the air, but again, just the reaction post game from the head coach and the players. Were you Part just complimenting yourself for radio work? No, it's kind of indirectly complimenting Paul Calvisi oh, and Drew okay. Stanton without naming Calvisi oh, and Stanton. Right. But since you brought it both up, they'll be back on the airwaves as you and I will be this coming Saturday. Yes. Cardinals and Chiefs at State Farm Stadium. Five o'clock is the kickoff. One thirty will hit the air in the afternoon. Love the early kickoffs. I do. 90 minutes. You ready for more 90 minutes? Am I 90 minutes? 90 minutes. I think you might have Maybe some Zach with no, you. With young the first Zach Gershman uh, coming for that. For, you're just going to delegate it because that's what you do. We've yeah, established at Cards Chatter. He delegates. I do delegate. I try. <laughs> Maybe you and I back, though, for that preseason yes, finale 90 so. minutes sounds, in Minnesota. Sounds very okay. possible. You still got me, though, for the entire three and a half. <laughs> six-hour program i've plus delegated craig grelu to you out there in the listening audience <laughs> i basically just do whatever darren tells me to do that's that's my that's my role here with the arizona cardinals on that note we'll put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim Amahundro, our associate producer cody fincher for darren urban i'm craig grelu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two